You with the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's going on, everybody? This is Faraz Sadiqi. We're back. We're back after a little bit of a hiatus. I've been working. You know, just haven't been recording podcasts. Obviously, everyone who is on our Instagram knows that we've been quite active over there. You know, just didn't have a whole lot of talk about, you know, on the podcast. But hey, draft season is upon us already. Okay, we're going to be talking about, you know, all the incoming rookies. I was just at the Senior Bowl last week. If you were, you know, follow me on Twitter at Faraz Siddiqui or if you were following me on Instagram at, at Upper Hand Fantasy, you would know. I was there last week. I was co- I was covering the Senior Bowl for the second straight year in Mobile, Alabama. Man, it's, it's a fun week. I love going out there, seeing a lot of these seniors up close and personal. It's just it's just a good time. It's a really really good time. So, I you know in this podcast episode, I basically wanted to go over a bunch of these rookies coming in, right, and how they looked. If you were paying attention to my Instagram, you kind of have an idea of a few of the guys that I like this week, uh, but I really want to break it down a little bit more, you know, in more detail. Um, I kind of have a top 10 that I could go through. You know, I just got back yesterday, uh, you know, was there for the week. Um, you know, I was able to pretty much interview every player I wanted to, most of the running backs, most of the wide receivers. You know, it's just cool to get up close, watch these guys. I kind of had an idea of what a lot of these guys' skill sets were going into the week, you know, watch them tape. You know, before coming in, obviously looking at their stats, the analytics behind their stats and, you know, some efficiency efficiency metrics and stuff like that. You know, so I kind of had an idea coming in. But, you know, a lot of what I saw, you know, changed my opinion on a lot of things and, you know, for, for, for better or for worse for a lot of these guys. So I do want to talk about them. Now, before I do, I just want to let you guys know that if you haven't signed up with Underdog Fantasy yet, this is a great time to do it. Because there is a free square for their pickums this week for the big game. Okay, Jalen Hurts, uh, all he needs is one yard passing or rushing, and you will hit that free square. So, you know, if you haven't used Underdog before, basically you choose higher or lower on a bunch of players' stat lines for this game, right? Uh, you put a couple of those picks into an entry, and you can multiply your money. So, if you get three right, you six x your money. If you get four right, you ten x your money. And if you get five right for the Super Bowl, you 20x your money, okay? So make sure to go download the Underdog app, use code UPPERHAND, and if you do, they will double your first deposit up to $100, okay? So right now, not only will you get Jalen Hurts, a a free square, you know, a free Jalen Hurts square, but you'll also get uh, your first deposit doubled up to $100. So like I said, if you get three right, 6x, you know, you already have one of those three, in Jalen Hurts, you already have one of those four pick four picks for your pick'em. You you already have one of those five in case you want to twenty x your entry, right? So make sure to check that out. Uh, Underdog Fantasy app. Use the code UPPERHAND. Okay. Moving forward, you know. So there were three practices last week, right? Where you're you were really able to get a sense of these guys because there are a lot of one on ones and all that, right? That's where most of the evaluation comes in. 
Uh, you know, anything they do in the game is kind of a bonus. I think the running backs have, you know, have an extra opportunity in the game because it's hard to evaluate running backs in practice without full contact. You know, you get to see if they can actually force missed tackles, how they do after contact, all that, right? Um, outside of the players, though, you know, it was just great meeting and, you know, growing relationships, you know, with a lot of other content creators, other people in the industry, you know, probably one of my favorite parts might even be more interesting to me than the player evaluation, to be honest with you, you know, so, you know, in between watching practice, just having conversations with a lot of smart people, you know, who have been around the game, you know, really beneficial to me. It's an amazing, you know, network opportunity for someone like me. So, you know, I thought that was pretty cool. Now, I do have a top 10 to get into. So let's do it. Now, these are not the best players at the Senior Bowl, okay? Um, but these are the top 10 running backs and wide receivers who I think stood out this week, if that helps. Or guys who, you know, might have, you know, increased their draft stock, okay? I think there were a few wide receivers who stood out. I think most would agree that the best wide receiver there just overall was Jaden Reed out of MSU, Michigan State. You know, he was kind of a step up above the competition. He basically won every rep all week. You know, I might have seen him lose one rep this past week. Uh, but he's a good route runner. You know, he's good at creating separations. You know, relatively smaller wide receiver. You know, 5'11", 190. It's not the end of the world, okay? But he has speed. He's a big play guy. He broke out at 18 years old at Western Michigan. And, uh, you know, when we say breakout, and, you know, he's in Michigan State now. He was at Western Michigan his freshman year. But... And he broke out at 18 at Western Michigan. And when we say breakout, if you don't know what that means, it means when a player surpasses 20% of his team's overall offensive production. And he did that as a freshman. Okay, so he gets a leg up on all these prospects in terms of evaluation because of that, right? Because that's a great indicator that gives him an advantage in terms of long-term prospecting. There's a lot of numbers that correlate an early breakout age, you know, to success in the NFL, you know, there's other factors that, you know, I think breakout age, dominator rating, right? The dominator rating is what that number was. Like I mentioned the 20%. So if you had 20% of your team's output in a certain, you know, age, that dominator rating is what that number was, right? Was it 30%? Was it 35%, right? Sometimes you see a wide receiver, a really good prospect, get 35% or 40% of their team's output, which is insane. Um, but we'll get more into that as we start talking about dynasty rookie drafts. We'll talk about, you know, how breakout age affects them, dominator rating, and also draft capital. I think those are the three major things when it comes to wide receiver. Okay. But we'll get into that. A lot more episodes going to be talking about that, but I do want to talk about these prospects. Um, so, you know, he, Jaden Reed, he had a disappointing 2022 season. He killed it in 2021. You know, and then, you know, coming out of 2021, he was kind of known as one of the best wide receivers in the country, right, coming into this year. Uh, and in 2021, he ranked 11th of 43 wide receivers in yards per route run among qualifying power five wide receivers. So this past year, that dropped to 35th, to the 35th wide, best power five wide receiver in the country out of 50 in yards per route run. Okay. Um, going, if you kind of project him into the NFL, like my guess is that he'll be moved around like maybe run mostly out of the slot because of his size, but we'll see, right? It's possible that we see his name called uh, near the end of day two uh, or the third round. All right, Houston wide receiver Tank Dell, you know, also known as Nathaniel Dell, played very, very well. He was very impressive. And I have him here at number two, really because he was one of the best separators all week. 
Now, what kind of impact will he make in the NFL? Right, his he he's sized in 5'8", 163 pounds. He's a small guy, relatively. Okay, um, he played in the slot mostly in college. Uh, he went over thirteen hundred yards each of the last two seasons for Houston. Keep in mind that this is not the Power Five, right? That's in the Group of Five, so a little bit lower level of competition. But he practiced on the outside against you know Power Five corners this week, and he showed that he belonged. And he didn't have any issues separating from these guys. You know, he's like a, a Devontae Smith light almost. You know, that's what I kind of see from him. But guys his size usually don't make a big impact in the NFL, at least for fantasy. You know, Devontae Smith was one of those exceptions. But Devontae Smith is actually, you know, a bigger player than Tank Dell. Like, Devontae Smith is six feet, you know, 170, right? So this guy is lighter than that and shorter than that. So, and Devontae Smith, right, like, he had his production at the highest of levels, right? In the in the in the power five, right? And like, you know, with very high levels of competition, he was able to get it done. So that's something to keep in mind. But I'll say this. This week, this past week, it showed that he belonged. Okay. And he looked really good. So some I see some like he could go off the board, you know, early day two, but it's possible that I've seen mock drafts where he's going the second round. Because he's that type of weapon where you can kind of use them all over. So it'll be interesting to see what team takes a shot on him. Before I get to number three, I'm just going to say right now that SMU's Rashi Rice didn't make this top ten. right? He started to come on later in the week, you know, particularly day three of practice, but he didn't pop. okay? And if you're supposed to be one of the top wide receivers in this draft class, let alone in the Senior Bowl, like I expect more and I expect you to stand out. Um, he didn't separate on route running consistently, which honestly I think was a knock on him going into this week. You know, in general, he's mostly a guy who will operate well against zone coverage. Um, he played on the outside in college, but I can see him going into the slot in the NFL. You know, operating underneath intermediate routes—that's really where he shined for SMU. And I think if he does that, he has a chance to be extremely, extremely productive. Um, you know, one other thing about you know Rashi Rice is that while he might not separate you know, from like press coverage against good cornerbacks. He's a very good contested catch guy. So that's another way, you know, certain guys can can separate, right? So even if there's not a whole lot of room, he can still come down with it if quarterback, if a quarterback trusts him enough. Um, just keep in mind, he also didn't go up against Power 5 competition. He was in the American Conference just last season, you know, third among 52 qualifying wide receivers in yards per route run. That's that's even more impressive given the fact that he ran so many routes. He was given 156 targets. Okay. Uh, he was right behind Marvin Harrison Jr. in yards per route run last season. Okay. Back to our top 10. Uh, number three, Stanford wide receiver Michael Wilson. I had no idea who Michael Wilson was before this week. I saw his name on the roster. I said, cool, and I moved on. You know, saw that he wasn't a big producer over the last couple seasons, and I left it at that. But then at practice, there was this number four beating every corner. He was getting separation. His routes were super crispy. Not a whole lot of wasted movement on those routes. It was hard not to notice him. I'm like, you know, not just me. Everyone's just like, who is that dude? And then after day one, everyone kind of realizes, oh, okay. Stanford wide receiver, Michael Wilson. And then you rewatch the film and you're like, like whatever film he did have. And you're like, okay, this, this dude has something, right? He has some you know, contested catchability as well. 
He only played in 14 games over the last three seasons, which is why he couldn't put up big numbers, right? But the flashes were there. And then you get into day two of practice last week, day three, and he just kept doing his thing. He didn't stop. Um, at, at the end of the week, after three practices, you're like, okay, this is one of the best wide receivers here, right? Um, and then in the game, right? Like, it's like, you know, he gets the first catch of the game, right, at the senior ball on Saturday. He continues to be involved. He get, He's getting targets. And then he has a long touchdown at the end of the game. So he showed out in practice and then put the icing on the cake at the game. It's not easy to show out in the game because the coaches are trying to get all these guys opportunity. So you have to take what you can get. And he definitely took advantage of it. And then if you listen to my interview with Michael Wilson over on Twitter, at Faraz Siddiqui over on Twitter, if you're not following me, but his mindset is on a different level, right? When you combine that with what he showed physically, he could be a true diamond in the rough type of player. Um, so yeah, I, I saw him at the airport on my, you know, the next morning, you know, we were all kind of leaving a lot of players, coaches, media, we're all leaving. And, you know, he's been aware of the stuff I've been putting out on him last week. So, you know, he came over, we chatted a little bit before, before my flight out on Sunday morning, but he's a great guy and I'm rooting for him for sure. Tajay Spears, two lane running back up at number four here. He popped because... You know, they're just there has there have been a bunch of times where he either caught the ball out of the backfield or got a carry, and he's just accelerating past the line of scrimmage and making plays. The knock on Spears was his size because he was listed at 195, but he came in and weighed in at the Senior Bowl at 204, which is a huge improvement. Like you know, anywhere under 210 still is a bit undersized, but he can still make an impact at 204. He's a versatile back. He's very good in the run game. He packs a punch. His yards after contact was extremely impressive for any running back, yet alone a smaller one. Uh, He was top two or top three the past couple of years in that category uh, in terms of yards after contact on a per-carry basis among qualifying running backs with large workloads like he had. Um, He was also up there in misforced tackles as well. So, you know, those are the two main efficiency metrics I look for in running backs as far as the run game goes, and he checks both boxes. He can catch the ball out of the backfield, You know, he showed some efficiency there as well on a per route basis. So we'll see where he ends up. You know, I can see him potentially, you know, maybe Javante Williams getting his faster Michael Carter in Denver (laughs) with Sean Payton. I think that could be Tajay Spears. At number five, I had BYU wide receiver Puka Nakua. Puka might have been higher on this list if he continued to practice this week, but after his big day one of practice, he called it. And, you know, I don't think he had an injury or anything. I'm just speculating. But I'm assuming his agent or manager called it after the big day he had on day one. You know, Alec Pierce did the same thing last year at the Senior Bowl. After a great day one, they just said, okay, I think that'll be it. And, you know, it makes sense. You know, why risk injury if you already kind of prove that you can do your thing? Uh, On that first day of practice, though, you know, Puka was getting all the targets. He was getting open a ton. He was basically making every catch thrown his way and all different type of catches too, against man, against zone, contested catches. He basically put together like a highlight reel on day one in practice with all, with all the plays that he made. Uh, and he played, you know, honestly, he made more plays in day one of practice than most of these wide receivers made all three days combined, plus the game. Uh, and I mentioned this earlier this week on my video, on my Instagram, you know, he was banged up last year and he still got it done. Out of 200 wide receivers with 50 or more targets last year, Puka was second among those 200 wide receivers in yards per route run. And it wasn't a fluke because the year before that, in 2021, 
he was sixth out of 200 wide receivers in that same category. So the dude is productive and he is efficient. I have Georgia running back Kenny McIntosh at number six. He could be the best pass catching running back in this draft. He didn't pop off the page by any means, but he just looks smooth in every drill. He knew what he was doing. His pass blocking was one of the best, if not the best there among the running backs. He also showed vision, picking the right holes in practice, that sort of thing. He caught over 40 balls and went over 500 yards receiving just last year alone at Georgia, and that's on top of his 800 yards rushing. And then the efficiency was there as well on a you know relatively large receiving workload for a college running back, number one in yards per route run among all Power 5 running backs with at least 40 targets last year. And then the year before, in 2021, he was third in yards per route run among the 46 Power 5 running backs with at least 25 targets. So he... he, he he has the, the chops in the receiving game. He's also solid in the run game. He had 800 yards rushing on the ground this year. I, I compare him to Rashad White a little bit in terms of skill set, you know, because, you know, so, you, you know, you're kind of solid in the run game, very good in the receiving game, chance to be elite in the receiving game. Uh, one thing to keep in mind, Kenny did it on at a higher level of competition than Rashad White. So Kenny has, you know, a, a chance of being better than Rashad White. And, you know, based on Rashad's White, Rashad White's rookie year, you would hope so. Virginia wide receiver Dontavian Wicks, he's here at number seven. He really came on towards the end of the week. Um, you know, he was good enough on day three of practice to the point where, you know, Wicks didn't even have to play on the game. And, you know, somebody let me know that he left, um, you know, on Thursday. So he didn't even, he wasn't even there on Saturday. So the thing about Wicks is that he played in such a shitty passing environment at Virginia this year. Um, but the year before, he absolutely flourished. You know, in 2021, there were 78 FBS wide receivers who had 90 or more targets. He was first in yards per reception, and he was sixth in yards per route run. First day of practice, he didn't do much, you know, but then he started separating from corners, you know, straight up started making plays, uh, did great work in the red zone drills, did great work in one-on-ones, and, you know, he was a main target during scrimmages. He definitely popped on day three, so something to keep an eye on. Iowa State wide receiver Xavier Hutchinson at number eight. I'm really curious as to how he'll be used in the NFL you know, he mostly he, he played mostly perimeter uh, in college. I can see him being more of a slot wide receiver at the next level. Like he's a, he's a bigger guy. Um, not sure if he profiles as an X though. You know, he is strong at the catch point. You know, he does have some after the catch ability, but he wasn't separating a ton against press coverage this week. You know, what he did do was display solid route running ability towards the end of the week. He definitely made plays during a scrimmage, especially towards the end of the week. I, I think it was a net positive. For Hutchinson, uh, for the most part, uh, you know. Now, if if you look at what he did last season, twenty power five hour wide receivers had a hundred or more targets last year. He was fifth among them in yards per route run. Uh, he caught one hundred seven passes this year, eighty three the year before. You know, and you think, you know, with that many receptions, he'd have more receiving yards. But that wasn't just the case for him. Like shorter yards per catch kind of guy. I think intermediate routes is his game, which is why I, I think he would be better. You know, on playing on the inside. At nine and ten, I have Oklahoma running backs. Um, I have Oklahoma running back Eric Gray. I have Northwestern running back Evan Hull. Both Power Five guys. Both of these guys are versatile. Both potential three down backs. They had very solid weeks. Um, I'd say that Eric Gray is a little bit better at running the ball than Hull, and then I'd say that Hull is the better receiver. So if I had to pick the better overall back, I'd say Eric Gray uh, because he's a better runner. But he's also shown that he can be very efficient in the receiving game too. Um, now his efficiency in the past game has gone down each of the last two seasons. His best year was in 2020, 
uh, and it kind of went down from there. He had a big year in the run game, though. 213 carries for 1,364 yards and 11 touchdowns. That's extremely solid. Out of the 36 Power 5 running backs with 200 or more carries last year, he was 13th in missed tackles force per attempt uh, and 9th in yards after contact um, per attempt. So pretty solid numbers there in the run game. Um, Evan Hull, you know, he was recorded as one of the fastest players at the Senior Bowl, which was a little bit surprising to me. You know, we'll see how he tests at the Combine. Um, you know, but like we all know that on speed, on field speed can be a little bit different, you know, from just straight line speed. Um, this past season, though, Hull caught 55 balls for 546 yards and two touchdowns. There were only seven running backs with 50 power five running backs, that is, with 50 or more targets last year. And he ranked first among them in yards per route run, which is awesome. So, you know, both of these guys can be legit, you know, fantasy contributors in year one. You know, very excited to see where they end up, but also, you know, how they test at the combine. Uh, I have a couple honorable mentions. The first one being uh, tight end Luke Musgrave. Um, You know, I personally, to be honest, I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to the tight end group. The only time I was paying attention was during the scrimmages. Um, I was really just focused on running backs and wide receivers. But I'll say this. During the scrimmages, it was hard not to notice Musgrave, okay? It's possible that we see him go late first round, second round latest, okay? He's probably the only senior bowl tight end that is really going to make a difference uh, for fantasy in the future. Uh, He's an all-around good tight end. He's a good pass-catching tight end, good route runner, solid hands. Um, I think he could be a pretty good tight end in the league. We might have to be a little bit patient with him, like most tight ends. Like, you know, not everyone comes in and plays like Kyle Pitts, you know, um, <laughs> so, you know, even, even Greg Dulcich made an impact in year one, but you know, don't expect that out of the, out of the gate, but I think year two, year three, he can potentially make an impact, but worth drafting in your dynasty rosters, you know, in your dynasty drafts for sure. Um, also old Miss wide receiver, uh, Jonathan Mingo, I think he wasn't somebody that was really on my radar coming into last week, just because, you know, he didn't, he never had a big season right, in, in his college career. Uh, however, he came in and he was one of the guys who was just Mr. Consistent, you know, throughout the week. He was getting open. He was catching most of his balls. He wasn't, you know, super consistent in the one-on-ones, but, like, he showed up, and he played well in the game as well. So he's somebody that I would be looking out for. I've seen, you know, different grades for him. I've seen mock drafts of him going in the second round. Uh, that'll be a little surprising to me. I'm not sure if that's a great idea. He he projects more like a fifth round guy, you know, maybe fourth round at the earliest. But you know, I've seen you know grades on him, you know, as early as second round, which is really interesting to me. But you know, listen, like he's somebody that stood out. He's somebody that you know he didn't make any flashy plays, but he was very consistent. You know, getting open, making plays during the scrimmages, that sort of thing, um, and and playing pretty well. Uh, last week and he he made a little bit of an impact on the game as well on saturday so someone to keep an eye on um but yeah that's it that's all we had this is you know i kind of want to get give you guys an idea of my week at at the senior bowl in mobile alabama it was awesome had a lot of fun but i wanted you guys to know what my takeaways were uh from that i think you know if you had to if i had to kind of let you guys know who were the guys whose stock kind of fell a little bit I would say, you know, Chase Brown, you know, Chase Brown, you know, it's interesting because the players voted him as one of the week's best players at practice, but man, like I didn't see much that was good, to be honest with you. Like he was dropping passes. He couldn't separate from linebackers and route running drills. He got beat, beat multiple times in pass rush drills. 
and in the game, like he was just falling down on first contact. So like, I don't think the scouts can look at what he did this week and say that that's the guy we want on our team, to be honest with you. So, you know, I don't know. Also, you know, wide receiver, Andre Yoshivas, Princeton wide receiver out of the FCS. Like, you know, for me, like if you're going to come out the FCS, you have to like come out the game gate running and you have to prove that you can, you could, you belong, you know, among all of these, you know, power five type of players. And I don't think he did that. You know, I, a lot of comps like Christian Watson coming in, but Christian Watson absolutely let, you know, lit senior ball on fire last year. And, you know, Yoshi Voss did not. Okay. Also Michigan wide receiver, Ronnie Bell, you know, kind of up and down. Like, I don't think he helped himself at the senior bowl a whole lot. Didn't really stand out. He made a few plays, wasn't terrible. Didn't stand out in one-on-ones or anything like that. Like, you know, like Tank Dell, for example, like he was able to come in and, you know, even though he ran out of the slot, he was able to do his thing in press coverage and show that he can run everywhere. I don't think Ronnie Bell did that. Trey Palmer, similar thing. He didn't stand out. You know, I like this tape a lot, and I think he could be a very good slot wide receiver and productive wide receiver in the NFL, but just didn't stand out at the senior bowl. I don't think he helped the stock a whole lot. Okay. And I think that's it. That's all we're going to do this week, guys. Um, again, remember, download the Underdog Fantasy app. Uh, you know, use the code upper hand to get that 100% match up to $100. You'll double your first deposit um, and you can play more pickums with that. And then you'll be able to take advantage of the free square that Underdog is providing this week, Jalen Hurts. So instead of picking three guys to to go higher or lower, whatever their stat prediction is, you can go with two guys because you can add Jalen Hurts as a free pick to that. Same thing with your with the four picks you only have three picks to choose the five picks the 20 extra money you only have four picks to choose because you're going to add Jalen Hurst to that okay this is a great time to sign up um on Tuesday at 10 a.m eastern time that's when the Jalen Hurts pick them will show up but if I were you I would sign up before that so you'll be ready to go all right code upper hand use it I appreciate you guys take it easy uh we'll be back again later this week by the way because we have to preview the Super Bowl Okay, that should be fun. And we're going to go over all of our underdog picks and everything. Okay, we'll see you guys soon. Take it easy. Bye-bye.